Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Elizabeth Chance podcast. So exciting. We are on episode 373, and I am thrilled. This is a crazy story. I have to do a little bit of a crazy story. So I was down in Miami with my son and my husband. We had run down there and we go, and it was last Sunday, and we're in, we get into the elevator. And Dr. Cynthia comes into the elevator. She's absolutely stunningly gorgeous. And I, of course, had to start talking to her. I'm like, hi, what's going on? And we get talking and she's unbelievably wise. And she's, I, I automatically was like, oh my gosh, you have to come on my podcast. You have to help people. You have to help people. So before we go any further, Dr. Cynthia, we pronounce your last name for us because I'm terrible at your last name. I feel badly about that. All right, it's pronounced as Unungbe. Unungbe, Dr. Cynthia Unungbe. And Dr. Cynthia is a sleep specialist. Her company is called Sleep and Cradle Solutions. It's based in Miami. But Dr. Cynthia grew up. Tell us your story, where you grew up, where you studied, how this happened, how you fell across sleep and what how became your passion well um thank you for having me um i am uh, my parents are nigerian i'm originally nigerian i've spent most of my time um being educated so um for many people that know nigerian parents are very big up on education so i studied i went to medical school in nigeria but um 2019 uh relocated to the United States in 2018 um, to get to pick up my career as a physician. So I started to work, um, I started to take my, the United States medical license and exams to get to pick up my career and begin the residency. But I decided to work part-time as an even care specialist. Now, prior to this time, I've worked, I've had the privilege of working extensively with the United Nations, including working with National Primary Healthcare Development Agency. So before I got out of med school, I had close to a decade of extensive experience working with children. And, and I knew that I could not practice adult medicine. It had to be with kids. So it made sense uh, when I decided to work part-time to work with children. I got certified to be a new one care specialist. This allowed me to work just one to night with parents uh, while they slept. I took care of their newborns. The parents uh, the, they were very impressed that my delivery and they asked me to come every Saturday. Now, the goal was never to work. It was just uh, part-time. I told them I was going to think about it. And I think two weeks later, I said, yes. After that, I had someone else hire me to sleep train your baby they had the toddler that never slept. And so one parent had to go into his room to complete his sleep every night. Now they had an infant that was eight weeks old and was waking up too early. Now these parents were very well off. They had two nannies. But the thing about nannies is they work during the day and the parents are stuck with the babies at night. So they needed help. <laughs> They're losing their mind. I came to the picture and I was able to help uh, the parents get their babies on a schedule. Uh, the uh, the infant on a schedule in less than five days. They were thrilled. And, and so after that, I taught like everyone in their household staff what to do. They wrote something about me. And then I had 35 people trying to hire me at the same time to sleep train their baby. And what was important to know is 
they had hired people before me. And that's when I realized that parents were chronically sleep deprived. And it's not that they were not, they were hiring people, but these people were very hardworking and not skilled. And this was what best sleep in cradle. It did not feel right to ignore this problem. Now, everyone thought I was crazy, but I looked at the data. I had to do my research. I found like 10, seven out of 10 parents lost over 130 days of sleep in their first year of being a parent, which impacted significantly on their mental well-being, the productivity and the crucial development of the babies. And so when you look at when you look at medically stress, when you're stressed, you're, secret, you're secreting cortisol, adrenaline, there's various factors to to lots of chronic conditions. Um, there's a triggers to postpartum depression, anxiety, psychosis, to mention a few, including obesity. So there's so much going on. Uh, and doctors are, are really focused about pathophysiology and they have thousands of patients to see. They also like, uh, so I didn't learn this like when I was in medical school I, and I felt like there was a problem and I looked at the alternatives. People were depending on people, you know, that's, you know, were very confident in their theories, but there was no science behind it. So I said, okay, I had to spend time working in home with parents really understand what happened. I dedicated three years working extensively with families in their home. I spent a minimum of 84 hours each week and a minimum of 30 days with each family. Some families um, had me for longer. What was I doing? Like in science, you cannot just come up and say you have a conclusion when you just have an experience. But I worked um, exclusively at night with several families uh, over three years. And what did I find out? Every baby I start to do it from day three, were predictable at four weeks, as opposed to parents who were hiring me for damage control. And this result was consistent was consistent with all of the families I worked with. That's when I realized that, oh my God, babies are perfect. Parents need to be taught what to do. They need to be sleep trained. So sleep training is a very popular term right now and is an imagining industry. But what makes this really important is I care. I really care about helping people. I do. And it's really cost me my career pursuit um, to cultivate sleep in the cradle. And that's why, you know, that, and that's what makes, you know, sleep in cradle really uh, unique, or that's what really gives us the competitive advantage. It was not really about the money. It was about the quality of service and how we're improving the quality of lives um, from parents. What I found out is parents are really emotional. They want to be the best um. They want to be the best version of yourself. But right now, we're now in a very dangerous age where we have over-information, right, and misinformation. And the internet and the mental health issue that people have to have is, is ridiculous, right? So there's a mom. So I'm going to paint the picture. You have a mom, right? She probably has a toddler. She has a husband. She She's going to retire to work very soon. Now, these days, people have to work so hard to keep up with the domestic bills while she's right there um, trying to really understand. So she's stressed. There's so many stresses, right? Just thinking, okay, what, what am I going to do? She goes on Instagram while she's there. Someone, maybe she sees um, maybe Kim Kardashian um, has a baby. She's looking really nice, right? That, that goes her like she, that triggers her like, oh my God. That's a mom. She's looking so good. She has it all together. And that's 
that causes her to be more stressed. Now, when a mom, when a when a woman's stressed, that affects her milk letdown. It affects everything. What she doesn't understand is Kim Kardashian has the resources to hire five people like me behind the scenes. And all of the things she's saying is just for Instagram. It's just the show, right? The only reason why she has everything so put together is because she has the financial resources to pay for everything except nothing. So this really impacts on how she shows up for her baby and that's there's so much, right? So remember, she's also struggling to get back to her pre-pregnancy weight. And there's so much going on, right? And so she's just there. She wants, she's on overdrive. She wants to hold the baby. She wants to feed the baby. Remember, she's stressed. She's probably not lactating properly. The baby is on hunger strike. It's a colossal disaster, right? <laughs> it's a colossal. And then she goes to the mom's group okay, you have, a, you have a baby, I have a baby, we're best friends. Now this mom's, the intentions are great, right? So they're sharing, but, but the experiences are different. So whatever it is that they're sharing worked for that family. <laughs> it doesn't, it's the implementation, the principles are the same. Implementation strategies for each family are different. So what happens is they're taking everyone's trauma and living through that trauma, it's 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 not funny and that's what really that's what i i found out while working with parents so right now what we do is we're leveraging on technology and we're teaching parents the why how and when to implement this evidence-based methods that we developed right and it's not just um a pdf it's not just like okay tips and tricks no it's personal. We put like a group of parents together, 10, right? Um, with a maximum capacity of 10 in our masterclass. And we make an assessment. We come up with a plan. We've designed a baby log ready, document data and share with us. And they have a 24-7 access to myself and my team for two weeks. It means if you text me, you call me, there's no expiration date us to how many times you can call us. We want to hold you by your hand, show you how, yeah, meet you where you are emotionally and help you. And from my experience, when we are on day five, these parents have gotten it. Like they're confident. We've not just delivered, like we're not selling ideas. We've delivered our valid proposition with all of our clients. And we've helped everyone we've worked with. So that's really the story and what we do and how we're revolutionizing parenting and preventing. Um, we, we're advocating preventing the problem. We're happy to help parents restore their sleep back, right? But I'm really, really focused. Like, I want to prevent the problem because I don't want you to be stressed. I don't want you to go through that trauma. But I, I realize that lots of parents, like, they like to figure it out because of the pressure because of what friends is saying and because of what you know Instagram is saying because of because of the unrealistic expectations by society it, it's just crazy uh, and that's 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 the story really it is so for one I'm gonna give you a couple stories I've been talking to people you know I talked to a lot of people all day long and I was talking to somebody yesterday and she was a nanny and she worked with a family and they have a son and the parents would let the son 
stay up till, I, I mean, it's four years old, till 11 o'clock at night, feed them candy and sugar all day long to appease to the child because the pa both parents are working, so they feel guilty, right? And this nanny would be like, this child is not sleeping through the night. The child would go, never sleep through the night, was already having night terrors at the age of four. How is that possible? Well, the, the thing about night terrors is it's it's there's an increased incidence with boys or male children, but but there are a lot of things that could really um affect the quality of a baby's sleep, right? Some parents uh like you have to have a dedicated um schedule. I I always try to analyze things like this. If you, you jumped into a car and you were going to a destination, the two choices, you, you could decide to impute the address and the navigation system will give you choices like avoid tolls, um, uh, go through the fastest route, or you can decide to drive without the, the a bearing or a direction, right? Good. The resources that you expend, the energy, and the time that you expend from getting from point A to B, it's dependent on the decision you made prior to the journey, okay? And so I'm going to relate that back to parenting, okay? If you think that you just want to go with the flow or just figure it out, then good. But it's more, it's, it's, it's exhausting for you. You have to have a plan. And so with parenting, you have to have a plan. There are lots of things that um, affects like the quality of sleep, one of which is some babies are extremely stimulated prior to sleeping. Okay, I'm going to, I like to give analysis or analogies. Imagine you're, you're watching a very interesting movie, right? I like Angelina Jolie. <laughs> and, and imagine you're wa watching Salt and you get to the point where she's jumping off from the bridge and all of a sudden, your parent just comes and put the remote. It's time to go to bed. No, I, I have to finish the movie. Like, that's a movie. I have to finish it, right? And, and somehow, if, if my parent does not allow me to finish it, I have to finish it in my dream. But somehow, I'm so excited. I need to... So if you are playing with a baby, right, and you excite them, they're so excited, right? It becomes very difficult for them to settle down. And that's why... We advocate that you have uh you schedule your bedtime consistency J just like just like adults right we have like a regulated circadian rhythm right it's the same with babies you have to be disciplined what you do becomes what they become mm -hmm. what you do becomes what they it's what we do is really a practical emotional support but we guide children we, we guide parents so. The babies ask to say comfort and sleep with the right behavior. If you decide to just get up today and your activity is haphazard, tomorrow is haphazard, you know, there's no, there's no plan. Nothing. You, you just get up and you just go with the flow. That's what the baby will become. They go with the flow. That's what they know. So there, there are lots of things. Some people, like, if your baby has a medical condition, uh, yes, that's not amenable to sleep training. That has to be with a physician. 
depending on what is di- diagnosed, right? However, um, more often than than not, most parents do not know what to do, right? And they listen to too many suggestions, or they just feel like you know, I I like a gentle. I like a gentle parenting style. I don't even know what that means, right? <laughs> but the thing is, but the thing is, like, you have to have a plan. I, I wanted to be a, a doctor. I went to medical school. I put the time in. I spent about 10 years studying. And I'm still studying. It never going, it's never going to end. You have to put in the work. I didn't dream about being a doctor. I paid my dues. Right. It's a process. You have to put it in the work. So it's really it's really up to the parents. What do they want? Do they want to do they want their sanity intact? Do they want to be healthy? Because most times people focus on the babies. And I tell this moms, I say, Okay, what about you? Mm. What about you? So people think that it's just moms that go through postpartum depression. No, the men also go through postpartum depression. Mm. Yes, they do. We've spent so much time, and I think since we're young, nobody ever focuses on, like, it's selfish, right? It's selfish if I take care of me. It's selfish if you take care of you. We have to take care. We have to take care of the baby, but we don't even know what we're doing with the baby. So then we get into a fight, right? Then the parents fight with each other because they always say hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Our lives go crazy if we don't have one of those things, correct? And then the entire, everybody's affected. And parents have a hard time saying no to children today and saying, no, I'm the adult. It's very hard. I found it very interesting as a parent myself, watching other parents ask, say, a two-year-old, what do you want to do? You're asking a two-year-old what they want to do. How do I barely know what I want to do? And I'm 54. Right. So and you're asking this person who has no life experience, no idea of what's good or bad for themselves. But you say, what do you want to do? What is up with this today? Well, well, so I, I didn't like to I didn't like to uh, judge people based on like what decisions they make. But, but one of the things I like to say is I ask this parents what they want. Yes. Mm. Um, one of the things I did while I worked, um, I, I was spending time working in home with parents is before they engaged my service, I was going to ask them, what do you want? Mm-hmm. It needs to be clear what they're looking to achieve. And I'm going to share with them how I work. And I asked them, is that is that comfortable? Are you comfortable with what I will do? Because here's the thing, right? If you don't ask what people want, you might go there and execute something and you'd have friction because somehow they don't appreciate how you work. So you need to be very clear on what their belief systems are and you need to ask them why they believe what they believe. So if someone was telling me something like, you know, they believed something that was not scientific, uh, that was not, you know, amenable to science, right? I would not. I, I'm my job isn't really I'm an expert right however you need to be emotionally intelligent so when I'm working with people my job is to blend in seamlessly 
and really study the environment and be objective. So this is what I do. I'm not here to be an expert. I'm here to support you. I'm going to ask you what you want, what your expectations are. And if you told me something that was not true, I would tell you that, well, I do not know research that I affect, but this is what I know. When you ask in me your personal opinion, I'm going to state that it's not my place to say this, but then I'll give mine, right? But I'm, I won't push it. Uh, so what I'm doing there is I am the professional, but I'm not forcing you to believe what I believe, right? But the result will speak for itself. Now, with this approach, being empathic and emotionally intelligent or emotionally mature what i've done is i have earned the respect of all of my clients mm. and after a couple of days i'm talking about the most difficult ones they said to ask me cynthia what should we do what should we do these are people that do not like nobody tells them what to do they are like they start to ask what should we do now once a client that's to ask you, what should we do? That's it. You've earned your trust. And you do not end the trust by going in all there and just standing in that high hustle. You know, I'm from Harvard. I am this. I'm, it does not work. No. You have to come down to understand where they are, why. Sometimes, like, this parents <laughs> do not even know why they believe what they believe. And you would only get that out when you ask them, okay, but why do you, why, what's the research this effect? Like, why do you think you should do things this way? And now if they do not answer that question, leave it. Do not push it. Do not try to be the expert or, or try, just move on, right? So what you've done is, this is what I've done. I have a result to this effect right now. Okay. I will do things this way. Are you open to it? Yes. And that's how to get people to learn, especially adults. Right? They're grown. Their character is already formed. <laughs> you cannot You cannot come to... you. Know, mo, mo, what I find with lots of people that are nannies or they're professionals or whatever, you can come to someone's house and start to tell them what to do in their homes. It doesn't matter if you're the expert or they're paying you. That's just ridiculous. Because as much as you're helping them, they help you, <laughs> right? They only, they only, they only employ you or hire you because they don't have a choice. But if they have a better alternative, they will get rid of you fast because you're making them uncomfortable in their homes. Brilliant. Yes. <laughs> so one of the things, one of the things that Sleeping Creator does, we train and certify newborn care specialists and we teach them how to be professionals, those people that want to start as a career working in homes with high profile clients or you know they want to start a business as a sleep consultant. Yes, I've had to I've designed like a learning management system where we train and certify and they can get certified on their own pace. But one of the things that I've had to ensure that I do with them is have a 16 hour session with every student that goes through the program. One of the, one of the things I emphasize on 
it doesn't matter what what degree you have or your skill set or whatever it is you think you do if your delivery is not great all of that degrees and all of that skill set you have is useless because everybody you encounter every client that you has hired your service people will never forget the way you make them feel oh you're so true and you are dealing with it's, well not only are women vulnerable when they're having children but this is their baby right it's their baby and you're coming in and they are so lost because there's no handbook as much as you know when I was having children it was that what to expect when you're expecting that was like the biggest book this is like 20 30 <laughs> yes that was and then as time has evolved and as much as there's as social media and everything is so distracting I would imagine that today there's so many you would hope resources but not real resources on how to get this sleep because I've heard so many physicians from Deepak Chopra, you know, even that said, if we don't have sleep, it's the number one medicine is that we all need to be able to go through life. And right now, the stress that we've all been encountering is like back in, you know, when time began, like the adrenaline we have and the stress we have is like being chased for a, by a lion or, you know, something really, really scary. And it's just, it's crazy where we are today in this world. And that's why I love so much what you're doing. Is there one tip that you would give to any parent that's listening? And if they have a child that's an infant up to maybe even a teenager, that their child is not sleeping. Is there one thing that you would give them advice to do that could change things? Yes. Okay, so I'll give two tips. Oh, one. <laughs> Have a dedicated sleep space. Have a dedicated sleep space. This is important, right? Because if you just have your baby sleep everywhere, they become confused right this place has to be um, very common so the colas uh, shouldn't be stimulatory it's, you know so so that when you bring your baby into that place they associate that place with sleep to ensure your baby is well fed when you feed them right have it have have a fixed feeding time and make sure that you quantify how much your baby is drinking right put a feed now it's easy to quantify this if you if you bought a feeding. However, it becomes very tricky um, if you're breastfeeding, except you can feel the flow or you know, but but even for moms though are breastfeeding, I always recommend like you need to express when your baby when your breast is full, express your breast milk so you see how much you have. Right? Mm. Yes. Mm. Okay, that can tell you that when you put your baby to suck. They're really sucking because most times babies are on the breast and they're sucking air. They're not feeding. Wow. Yes. They're not feeding. It becomes a problem. Your baby cannot sleep when they're not eating enough. <laughs> That's why they have cut naps. That's why they're waking up every time. And so you're constantly putting your baby on the breast. We need to resolve that you're lactating properly, right? Uh, 
those are those are the two tips that I'll share. So do you think that having the sleep space, even for, I know that there's a lot, because of social media today, the internet and teens, like young, even from toddlers up to teenagers that aren't going to sleep. So the parents maybe give them melatonin or they give them some sleep, some drugs to help them sleep. Maybe even they don't even have to be, you know, prescription drugs. They could be over the counter or they could be natural why do you think kids aren't going to sleep just naturally at the end? And what do you attribute that to? Well, so uh, we've deployed our resources to really focus on zero to 12 months. But I can tell you, uh, it's it's a lot of stimulatory activity. If you stay on your phone, on TikTok, on Instagram and all that, you're so stimulated, you can go back, right? That most of us are really not structured. Like most people leave live and just get up and they just explore in the day. What that means is they have no bearing and direction. Mm-hmm. So once you stir it and you're stimulating, you have so much you're doing at the same time. Somehow you have no structure. You have no fixed bedtime. My bedtime is 10. My wake up time is six. If I am awake, <laughs> past my bedtime and I get excited because I'm doing something and I'm watching something it spills over to the next day and I become less productive mm. right so I'll tell you this is what my schedule is I work on business I'm having business meetings I have to put in about three to four hours of studying because I'm you know studying for my birds I'm going back to take the rest of my exams right now okay now the most the most tasking thing I have to do is study because it takes, um, there's a kind of focus that comes when you, you study. It's hard, right? <laughs> it's difficult to really focus when you're really with studying. I have to critically think I'm going through questions. I have to spend less than one minute. If I do not rest, if I do not sleep well, I can't function. I'm not productive. Now I can have conversations with people. I can I can do things that I don't need critical thinking skills. But when it comes to the thing that I need to think critically, I cannot. Mm. Okay. So most people go by every time doing taxes. They're not involved. They're not. You know, you don't have to think critically. But it doesn't matter if you're one of those that really does like a lot of critical thinking you need to sleep right if you do not sleep there's a there's a there's a correlation to um decrease sleep and obesity it's mm. yourself you need to rest you need to shut down and have um adequate physical and mental rest so i think that social media um is a huge factor to contributing to how unhealthy sleep is right now because people are, are engaged they're stimulated they're just there, right? There's, there's so much going on, maybe gaming and all that. Yeah. When I when I was growing up, we had a structure, right? <laughs> so I grew up in a household where, I mean, like our parents told us what to do. Oh, when, it, when, I, when I hear people ask me what, what your child wants to do, it's ridiculous. You know, my dad told us like, hey, the, the, you all have to be educated and paying for it right? If you do not do this, I'm disowning you. 
Like, all I need you to do is this. And that's all we did. I'm paying for everything. I'm giving everything you want. Or just give me those degrees. And that's it. <laughs> we had no choice. But, but somehow that kind of helped us because we understood that we needed to put in the work. You know, we understood structure. And, and that's helped me all my life. I've always been very structured and put together. And once I commit, I pursue. Once I commit, I pursue. Right? I will I will die trying. But I'm not giving up on anything I commit to. And and that's because it's been instilled in me. And that pattern has been instilled with me from when I was a child. Oh. All right. Now I have a totally crazy question <laughs> ever personally experienced a miracle a miracle absolutely will you give yes. us the one <laughs> um so I'll, I'll say this uh most people do not really know my story i've had i've had to all right in medical school, I failed an exam, right? So I had to lose a year. As a matter of fact, I failed. And, you know, that was kind of big. And I, I failed not because I didn't do well. I failed because, well, I failed the exam. Let's put it that way. And somehow that kind of, I mean, it, it does have like, uh, um, most people fall into depression because somehow it just takes you, you know, it's like <laughs> you're going back. <laughs> and like the people that I came to school with, um, you know, had to move ahead of me. And at the time, I think there was a strike. Um, and what that means is school was not in session. So I had to seek God's face about my life. And I went to Bible school. For three months, I, I just went there. And somehow I, that changed my life forever. It changed the way I saw life. It, it changed everything about me. I, I was asking specific questions like, okay, am I supposed to be doing this? Right? There's no point having to put um, a square in a, a round hole. I really wanted to know my purpose. I wanted to know what I wanted to do. Like, what am I supposed to do? And having spent time there and that's when I, I I discovered um more about myself and that's when I really started uh, so I've always been an entrepreneur I, I I read a couple of books and I started business <laughs> I started business when I was my third year in medical school um long story short that that changed the trajectory of how I saw life I saw medicine as an accessory I saw medicine as something that would not define me. And I remember when I was in my 200 level, I used to tell my classmates like, hey, I'm not, medicine is not going to define me. It's going to be one of the things I am. I told them I was going to work with the United Nations. I had no idea. Guess what? Nine years later, I worked at the United Nations. I told them. <laughs> I told them. Yes, I told them that, you know, I was speaking. I was very specific I, I never like none of my friends were going to insult me I never really took I I was very deliberate in what I said about myself what I said about my future what I said about what I was going to do 
unknown to me, having to fear was part of God's plan for my life. Because while I feel that I was on a trip and I started to do business, I met one of my destiny helpers. Uh, when I say destiny helpers, I was talking to someone that changed my life forever. He gave me this opportunity to start working and freelancing with National Primary Healthcare, the main agency in Nigeria. So by the time I by the time I got out of medical school, I had over nine years of experience working extensively with kids. Now, was I qualified at the time? No. But they gave me an opportunity and trained me and made me proficient and I started to have extensive experience, one of which has made me very relevant in what I'm doing right now. Okay, so so I'm someone that believes, I believe in God. I believe there's a God because my life, I, come on. I know I'm smart. I know I'm hardworking, but there are people that are smart. It's called time and chance. Mm. Chance, poppers, right? I was just asking the right questions. I was, and I think that while I was going through that setback in my life and I was in short one day, my pastor says, prayer doesn't answer <laughs> to darkness. Light does. So I've been reading that. So I've been, you know, you read scripture, but you're just reading it. But when the light of your understanding opens for something that you've been reading, you just scream. And he says, listen, your destiny helpers are not going to meet you in your house. They're going to meet you on your way. They're going to meet you when you're doing something. So I was, I I started a business. And I was selling shoes and I was going to buy them. I was going to, I think I was flying over to go get shoes from someone selling my shoes in, in law school. That's when I met my destiny helper. So if I did not start something, I would not have met that person that gave me relevant experience and opportunity to build relevant experience in my life. And that's why I do not, that's why I always encourage people that are very proactive. No matter how, if you're not doing something, you're not going to meet people that will give you opportunities to take you to the next level. So yes, that's my miracle. <laughs> and we, and God is everything or he is nothing, correct? What'd you say? God is everything or he is nothing. He has to be everything. Do you oh, agree? He's everything. Like, I, I know I've not been the best Christian, <laughs> but I'm telling you, I, I have these conversations with God every time. I get up and I say, you know, what? I, I know that I have tried to do things by myself, you know, but, but you see, but, but think about it. You know how much I'm, I'm, I'm very compassionate. Uh, just, just don't look at me. Look at my mom. <laughs> look at the people I'm going to impact. Look at the people I'm going to, look at the people I'm going to change lives. I'm very compassionate. If you tell me a story, oh my God, just don't tell me a story. I start to worry. I worry, I worry as there was me. At times when, I, when my dad is sharing something with me about someone, I'm like, okay, really? You, I'm going to solve the person's problem. I don't have to, I don't even need the person to tell me thank you, right? That's how I am. So when I, I, I tell God, like, God, please. I know that if you have to look at me, I'm not, I'm not asking for justice. I'm just asking for mercy because you know what? If you bless me, I will definitely shine the light, right? I'm going to tell people that there's a God. I can't explain it. When, when people tell me like, they don't believe in God. I said, listen, I'm not trying to preach to you. 
if you don't experience it, you would not know. I've experienced God. I've experienced God. I, I know I'm not the best. I have seen him. I've seen him many times in my life. He has showed up. He has showed up. When I think that I am at, at the brink, like I've gotten to the wall, he shows up. That has to be God. It can't be coincidence, right? I'm not, I'm not that fantastic. Well, I'm great, but we have lots of great people. We have lots of fantastic people, right? But when you see that your lines are falling to you in pleasant places, you're having a good heritage, you're making an impact. You'll be stupid to think that you did that by yourself. It's just time and chance. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a part of scripture that says the, the race is not as uh, the swift, the battle is too strong. It's got the show's messes. Oh, amen. I have one last question. And it's again kind of dark, it's kind of deep. Where do you think we go when we pass? Well, <laughs> heaven. It depends on it depends on you know what you believe in. But I know that, you know. I want to know what you believe in. You believe. Heaven. It has to be heaven, right? Uh, oh, if you don't believe in God, hell. <laughs> There's only two alternatives. Right, but, 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 but I think that we should really, um, you know, most people are very fanatical. If you if you cannot love your neighbor, it doesn't matter if they're Muslim, Christian, black, white, green, blue, whatever. If you're not compassionate and really kind to people here on earth, you 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 just believe in your circle. How can you even go to heaven? Right? Mm -hmm. Like like how if you can't even show love to people that you can see. How can you have a relationship with God? Mm. Right? So so I I feel like we should um let's be let's be kind to people here. Let's be at our best. Then then we can transcend what we are here to heaven, right? Oh. Thank you so much for coming on today. This was amazing. You guys, you can find all of Dr. Cynthia's information in the description. I'm going to have her links to her social media, her website. If you need any help with raising babies and getting them on a sleep schedule, you need to reach out. And thank you so much for coming on. Until next time, everybody, just remember you're not alone. You got this. You can do this. You can do this thing we call life. And we just got to love each other a little bit more and have a little more respect for each other. And let's feed the light, not the dark. Talk to everybody soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for having me.